2: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
3: Welcome to Fantasy Sports Today here on SportsGrid. I'm Craig Mish, along with Davis Maddock. We can all take a deep breath as the Major League Baseball trade deadline comes to a close yesterday at 6 o'clock Eastern. Davis and I will go over that on the show. Naturally, we have a ton to get to here on the program as well. And uh, Davis definitely, I would say, a very exciting uh, trade deadline. We did see that trade happen during the show in terms of Juan Soto going to San Diego. And uh, boy, it's like trying to unpack all these things, how it will affect teams. Naturally, that's what I'm trying to do today.
4: Yeah, I mean, I think probably the only way yesterday could have gotten more exciting from a transaction perspective was, I guess, one, if Shohei Otani decided he was ready to be traded for the Angels, or, you know, there was the possibility that the NBA could have wedged themselves in, done the Kevin Durant trade, so on one day we would have had Juan Soto, one of the five most valuable players in baseball, given his contract and age status traded, Kevin Durant traded, and then, of course, the big bombshell in the NFL with the Dolphins, having their two picks forfeited as a result of their tom brady tampering lawsuit but uh yeah i mean it was a huge day some big names change teams some less big names also change teams but i think gonna obviously have an impact on the uh, the world series outcome so lots to break down no doubt
3: for sure so let's get to our headlines we actually have two uh big headlines today let's get through the uh the fantasy stuff first and then we'll get to the reality uh the dolphins they lose a first round pick and also a third round pick for tampering we found that out yesterday it's been covered extensively here on sports grid broncos wide receiver tim patrick suffers a torn acl so one name out of the mix we'll get the ramifications from that philadelphia phillies they add noah Syndergaard, and he's going to start real soon for them brandon marsh also is their new center fielder david robertson phillies got better a lot of teams got better uh, at the deadline juan soto josh bell are heading to san diego In a historic trade, a lot of people are calling this similar to the Herschel Walker trade. Maybe several players turn out to be all-stars on the side of the now the Washington Nationals who made that big deal yesterday. But naturally, Davis, this is probably, you know, more uh, honestly my story than your story here, and understandably so. Uh, Vin Scully, the longtime broadcaster of the Los Angeles Dodgers for, uh, I believe it was six decades or five decades, whatever it was, ended up passing away last night naturally for anybody who followed baseball in the 60s, the 70s, the 80s, in the 90s and even the 2000s. Uh, Scully is known as the best broadcaster essentially of all time. I mean really when it comes down to it, called some, you know, had some of the most unbelievable calls in the history of sports. And uh, Davis, I can say that fortunately for me, uh, the one thing that I always talk about is that I I've, I've never uh, let some of these opportunities to meet some of the greats pass me by. Very fortunate to have had conversations, to have met Vin Scully when he was in Vero Beach calling games for the Dodgers during spring training, and also when he visited the uh, old uh, Dolphin Stadium. The Miami, uh, the Miami Marlins were the Florida Marlins at the time, and the Dodgers used to come here. Vin Scully used to come once a year, and every year when Vin Scully would come, I would make sure that I'd made my appearance, had a bite to eat, or even gone up to the press box, so Uh, I I can say that for me, it was one of the real great moments to be able to beat him. And I can tell you, Davis, that this is going to hit big in in the sports world for sure.
4: Yeah, I mean, uh, Vince Scully, of course, for me, mostly the voice of the Dodgers. Obviously, he has done lots in his illustrious career. He was a commentator for the Masters from 1975 to 1982, has been involved in you know many, many great moments in specifically the history of baseball, but did other sports as well. And you know it's kind of one of those things where I think every generation has their own Vince Scully experience mm-hmm. mine was you know and uh you know in college and stuff when i was playing a lot of mlb daily fantasy you know sweating out all these slates these late showdown slates and everything like you know the uh in in the midwest a dodgers game starts at at 9 10 9 30 and that you know your day is pretty much winded down you've done the whole thing and, and, and the dodgers are the last team left playing and you just have them on and you get the warm fuzzies i would always i would always love listening to the dodgers broadcast when yep. they'd be playing in in colorado uh i just <laughs> i just always had a great memory of uh of those games but yeah vince Vin Goalie, definitely a titan of our industry no no doubt
3: yeah no question and there'll probably you know never be another one like him to do it as long as he did i mean think about him broadcasting games davis uh for he broadcast games that jackie robinson played in any broadcast games cody bellinger played in i mean think about that the longevity of of how long that that has to go so certainly uh as, as davis mentioned i think that titan is definitely a good way to put it there uh okay so we're gonna focus a lot on baseball coming up so real quick let's just hit on this uh on this Broncos story real quick any fantasy ramifications from tim patrick i think that you had mentioned at one point you liked him if i'm not mistaken in the past am i completely off on that
4: I mean, pretty big fantasy ramifications because the Broncos don't really have anyone behind Judy Sutton and KJ Hamler. It's Travis Fulgham, uh, Tyree Cleveland, Seth Williams. You know, lots of guys with very minimal nfl production and not a ton of draft pedigree so the onus on those three guys to perform is pretty massive i think you know because denver is all in they do this huge trade to acquire 33 year old russell wilson like there's no time to sit and wait around you know to, to get better they need to be thinking about winning a super bowl this season um so so the onus on those three guys and and look to be honest jerry judy has been bad as an nfl player up until this point yeah. so i think we're, we're gonna need to see more from those guys
3: Agreed. All right. Coming up next, this is probably, honestly, here on Fantasy Sports Today, the last extensive fantasy baseball show uh, here with us as we really pivot over to fantasy football starting tomorrow. I'm actually really proud that Davis and I and Brett got this far into the fantasy baseball season. So let's roll it back. Let's do a couple more on that. And we'll be right back
2: sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com
5: ophthalmologist dr strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts
3: All right, well, the trade deadline is past us. We're here on August the 3rd. Davis says he's still going to play DFS through the end of the season. I am very impressed with that because for me, my baseball acumen definitely starts to dip a little after the trade deadline. I still follow the Marlins and I still follow what's going on and I'm back for the postseason, no question. But this is when I start to get into fantasy football. This time Davis has been doing it since June, since July. Uh, But we thought today on the show it would be important for us to take one last look at the trade deadline and the things that happened and how they could affect fantasy the rest of the season. And naturally Davis, everybody is talking about the San Diego Padres and their attempt to go all in on the deals that they made yesterday. And it certainly appears they are all in at this point.
4: Well, yeah. I mean, look, if you're going to trade away, what is the bulk of your farm system to acquire Juan Now, uh, you know, I think this is a little bit different. You know, a lot of the times in professional sports when we talk about going all in, uh I mean, it happens the most in basketball. It happens the most in the NBA where you trade away out, you know, your future first round picks, any young guy you have or any really good. But I mean, Juan Soto is a proven commodity and what he's twenty two, twenty-three, I mean mm-hmm. just a very, very young player. And the reason why he was even available to be traded was because the Washington Nationals did not want to give him you know, the the mega millions, thirty-eight million dollars a year, fifteen year contract that is very common in baseball. And one could rationally assume that the San Diego Padres acquired him for all of these prospects with the idea that they will be giving him that mega contract. So in a way, they did go all in on this year. But it's not as if juan soto is a 33 year old power hitter who you can only play at dh and is going to be an albatross by the end of that contract right this is not the 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 angels acquiring pool holes or uh miguel cabrera getting his mega contract or you know edwin incarnacion or whatever this is a cornerstone of your franchise that you're going to be able to build around for i mean for as long as like for the foreseeable future right? what is the world going to look like in 15 years we have no idea This is just a great deal i mean a plus 10 out of 10 uh, could not ask for more if you were a padres fan and honestly i think tilts the balance of power in that division going forward because if you look at you look at the dodgers roster look at the padres roster go who is the absolute best most valuable player on the 40-man roster it's soto right soto is better in terms of value and production on the field than any dodgers player so i i think just a massively good addition
3: Yeah, Soto Machado and Tatis. I mean, that is some core. And you bring up a really good point, Davis, because probably the way the the Padres are looking at this is yes, we absolutely are all in and we want to win this year. But going into next season, it's the Dodgers that are going to have some work to do because the Padres will be favorites to win the NL West next season, in my opinion, they get Soto, they get Bell, they get Josh Hader. And they also make a late trade to get Brandon Drury. So that's naturally where the Padres are. They're very far out of winning the division, but they'll be very formidable in the postseason and probably very formidable, I would say, coming up in 2023 as well, for sure. All right, let's move over to the New York Yankees as they make some significant deals, and one that really caught my eye at the very end. Like, I was deep into the Marlins stuff, Davis, and so I missed this Bader move, and then I and then I was going up the elevator at the stadium, and I was like, what? They got Harrison Bader? When did that happen? Uh, Andrew Benatendi. That's the key one. Um, Scott F. Ross, Frankie Montas. Lou Trevino. I think Lou Trevino will turn it around. He's had a tough year. And then Bader, like, out of nowhere, from the Cardinals. And, and I guess, you know, Dylan Carlson's going to play center field. But, you know, Jordan Montgomery, to me, like, he was fine. But I, th- I I really think that's a great under-the-radar move for them for this year and beyond.
4: Yeah, I mean, H- Harrison Bader is, like, a very average Major League outfielder, you know, at, at this stage in his career. He's got a career 316 weighted on-base average. He was playing worse than that this year. 264 plate appearances, 5 home runs, 15 steals. Basically did the reverse of that last year 16 home runs nine steals hit 267 i mean uh like i I don't know it's just harrison bader move the needle like not not really to me and it's it's uh it's like that's a team that's kind of jammed up at outfield anyway so i don't i don't know if i i don't know if i make a ton of sense out of that i mean i do think that the frankie montas addition is pretty strong for them um you know honestly if for no reason other than that uh, and i wonder your thoughts on this i i would just prefer to have as many right-handed Pitchers going into the playoffs as possible, right? So if you're replacing a left hander with a right hander, it's just like for very simple reasons. You go up against the Blue Jays, you go up against the Astros, you toss out a lefty against them. That guy is not getting in through five innings because he is going to be facing nine right handed batters and is at so much more of a danger of getting beaten up even even if you know all things being equal the right-handed starting pitcher is maybe of a slightly worse quality than the lefty and then also you know like the Yankees playing freaking Yankee Stadium the shore porch is 315 feet away if you're tossing a lefty out there against nine righties like that's a that's a bad situation to put them in so I thought that was a pretty clever move by the Yankees honestly
3: yeah and, and look this this Efron deal may be important as well we don't know how good Clay Holmes is going to be in the postseason and Chapman hasn't looked like himself So I think the Yankees did fine in what they did. Now, the Red Sox, Davis, I'm just having a hard time figuring out what they're doing. Uh, Tommy Pham goes there, and I guess there's a relationship with him and Heim Bloom, who used to be in Tampa. Reese McGuire at catcher, I mean, I guess, okay, they lost their starting catcher and they add McGuire. And then they took on Eric Hosmer. Now, my understanding is, I have a better understanding now of Hosmer here is that essentially this was a situation where once he declined the move, Davis, uh, you know, the Padres just, like, presented him with, like, here's a bunch of places that you can go. Here are the options. And he chose Boston. That That's my understanding on, on that one. So uh, did he make the right choice? <laughs> I'm just not sure.
4: Yeah, I mean, I don't really get why Hosmer, like, I mean, I guess he wanted to go somewhere where he could play, And they're, I mean, they're, the, the Red Sox, you know, they're they're, uh, one, you'd rather be a left-handed batter than a right-handed batter in Fenway. So maybe that just gets him more playing time naturally. Right. Um, You know, maybe they just give him a little bit more plate appearances and, you know, he's going to get some pinch hit appearances or, or whatever. Um, And, and I certainly do not blame him for not wanting to go to the Washington Nationals. Right. I wouldn't want to go to the Washington Nationals. He could end up getting some postseason baseball. I kind of thought for a little bit yesterday That he was going to come home to kansas city that that it was just like you know maybe they give the royals some cash or some you know high a pitching prospect just because in order to get that deal done it it appeared that hosmer needed to be involved in some way now again i know compared to my knowledge of the nba cba i know like literally nothing about the major league baseball collective bargaining agreement in terms of how it impacts transactions and trades and whatnot but it's and and also where was hosmer gonna play right like 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 how is hosmer gonna get on the field for the padres so I don't know. I mean, I guess I guess he probably plays a, a decent amount for the Red Sox. It's like, I don't know. He's just not good anymore, which is sad. He cuz he was a great player. He's had a
3: good His year. He's had, he's had a good year. Um, you know, the, the interesting part with him is that it's like what do you do when you're presented with Davis like Pittsburgh, Washington, Boston, maybe Miami, like like what do you do, you know? And I think he probably just had the best of of those choices uh okay and the twins let's get to the twins uh jorge lopez michael fulmer i talked to tyler molly yesterday he was like in shock that <laughs> he was going to minnesota uh, did this do enough for them to win the division doesn't feel like the white Sox did much and cleveland was just like nah we're good
4: <laughs> yeah cleveland cleveland might win this division and it will be not out of anything they did it'll be out of literally cool. pure apathy right uh i mean the white Sox. they i i i've not looked at the standings today but for a while yeah i mean the the guardians are still ahead of the white Sox in the standings think about how ridiculous that is for the white Sox to be spending all this money they have all these young pitching prospects that you know Eloy, and 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 like the guardians literally don't care uh, the guardians were thinking about trading jose ramirez because they didn't want to pay him the twins have needed to solve their pitching stuff for like what 10 years now they've had a bad pitching staff so I I don't mind. I don't mind these moves. They seem. They seem fine.
3: Yeah, it seems like this gives like the Twins two more wins that they that they probably didn't have at the beginning of the season. Interesting there. All right, coming up next, we've got the Wyndham Championship coming up, and uh, hey, Dubs is back in the house, so we'll get a preview of that, and then I'll be back for some fantasy or reality, and of course the Sports Grid sixty as we get ready for another great fantasy weekend. Football's back tomorrow. Be right back.
5: as a professional welder Shayna ford uses forge fx to practice over and over which helps her improve her skills
7: the more muscle memory that you have the smoother your weld is
5: learn more at meta.com metaverse impact
1: reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest but let me play devil's advocate here let's see so no that's a good thing uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem
4: Hello, everyone, and welcome back into Fantasy Sports Today here on Sports Grid TV. I'm Davis Matic, joined, as always, on Wednesday afternoon by our friend Dubs Anderson, giving Craig a little break as we talk about the world of golf and also... The English Premier League season, as it is going to kick off this Friday afternoon, Crystal Palace versus Arsenal. We have the Wyndham Championship this week, and uh, a, a decent uh, event over in Europe as well. No, no live golf this week. Uh, Henrik Stenson wins on the Live Tour, I think, uh, proving that maybe, maybe the quality of play over there. You know, maybe uh, Brooks and Bryson and DJ when they wake up in the morning, maybe they're not. Uh, 100% game focused. I think I think about two years ago, those guys losing to Henrik Stenson, they would have they would have considered that kind of embarrassing.
8: Yeah, and there's no motivation for those guys, Davis. They're paying before they even get to the golf course, and that's what we saw. It's a, it's a party. It's got a real buzz to it. But uh, in terms of serious golf, yeah, we're still going to keep it right with the PGA Tour. Great to see Tony Finau go back to back. The big fella. I think the last time was Bryson DeChambeau, actually a few years ago and now this is the last event this week the win championship before the fedex cup playoffs so for all the golfers on the course this week they've got to get inside the top 125 the bubble boys if you will but i don't like that extra pressure davis anyone sitting right around 120 125 your ricky fowlers your scott pierces i'm probably gonna to have to stay away from central country club if we're looking for the prototype the small ball gets it done here kevin kiss the one in a six-way playoff last year Webb Simpson. Everyone's talking about Webb Simpson this week. For me, I'm going to stay away from him. I mean, he's named the daughter uh, Winham. He's had, what, nine top tens, a win, runners up, third places. So uh, The small ball warrior, this is the week they can contend.
4: Yeah, that is uh, that is one of my favorite anecdotes. Every time we get here on the golf calendar, the, the just to remember that that Webb Simpson named his daughter Wyndham. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. definitely the uh, the small ball totally comes into play here. You know, great wedge players. This was uh, this was actually one of the first events when Tiger came back after his second injury i believe it was uh it was i believe it was the first time he was in final group on sunday didn't end up winning but i do remember he played with tom hoagie and it was the first time tom hoagie was in a final group and i i talked to tom about it and he was like most nervous i've ever been in my life first time ever in a final pairing on sunday going off with tiger the crowd's with me The whole day but it's um i mean look it is it's a shorter golf course these guys they're gonna absolutely have to be dialed in on their wedges some of the guys who are driver only actually get themselves into trouble here because i mean you know this dubs you play a fair amount of golf big difference between getting in that right range with your wedge you know 60 80 yards out your full swing your gap wedge you're like great shot Then you're sitting at 30 35 with that wedge it's a different shot you got to take some off of it so Definitely something to remember as we head into the card this week. Some of the guys I like in DFS. I know I just talked about not liking the guys who take driver, but anytime I can get Aaron wise on a golf course, that just doesn't really have much teeth. You know, if it's, if there's not a ton of water, not a ton of trees, he can hit it into. He can just bomb it. I like him. Sebastian Munoz, uh, definitely would. Uh, so he is inside the 125, but he would like, there, there's kind of that second layer of guys who, who can get enough points that they could be bad the first week of the FedEx playoffs and still get to the second week. Cause that's a huge pay jump, right? So going from the yeah. first cut to the second cut, that's a huge pay jump. Corey Connor, same deal as wise, great T to green player, not as strong With the putter not as strong with the wedges but just not a ton of trouble for these guys to get in here and then matthews knee smith who just to me has kind of just been knocking on the door all year long another great tee to green guy but definitely going with my guys who i'm just hoping that it doesn't matter if they're in the rough from 20 yards off the green that they're still going to be able to make birdies this week
8: yeah and i look at that card davis there's a common theme they're all chess players they really know how to work it around The golf course, keep it in play. Aaron Wise, I've also got him on my card. Sebastian Munoz, love his golf game. That's a guy who can make birdies and bunches. If we need to run the tables and get it to 21, under pass, Sebastian Munoz can do that. Corey Connors, I mean, I love this guy's golf game. He is the Canadian Louis Oosthuizen. I'm surprised he hasn't had more wins on the PGA Tour, but of course, this is a golf course that's going to reward good iron play. Corey Connors has that. And Maddie Naismith, I mean, the breakthrough win, is coming. We saw it there at the Val Bay, how close he was getting. You look at the stats, and everything says that Matty Naismith should contend more often on the PGA Tour. I'm not sure why he's not, but at least this season, we're starting to see a bit of an improvement. Maybe this is the kind of golf course for Matty Naismith. Again, similar boat for me, Davis. I'm staying away from the big bombers who can find a bit of trouble out there. A, a guy who is a little erratic, but I like his course history here, and I like what I've seen the last couple of starts, Siwoo Kim. He's won on this course. Last two starts finished inside the top 10. Last two starts on the tour it's finished inside the top 15. Uh, Siwoo Kim at 8,800. I'll throw in, um, you've got Aaron Wise there. What about little Scotty Stallings, best calves in the business? Not great course history, but I like what I've seen on the PGA Tour. Again, he's not a factor on the longer golf courses, but these shorter tracks really suit Scotty Stallings. And uh, Alex Smalley. Smallly by name, smallly by reputation. He's a member here at Sedgefield Country Club. He's been having a pretty good season. I look at his last sort of 10 starts. He's got five top thirties and then five missed cuts. So he's you know, he's either playing at a really high clip or he's not sticking around for the weekend. I like that he's got that local knowledge here at Sedgefield Country Club. And of course, don't sleep on the Wake Forest boys. But again, when is Will Zalatoris finally gonna get that breakthrough win? Him and Webb Simpson, they're gonna be heavily owned this week, Davis.
4: Yeah. So the, the list of guys I'm not playing don't really have a problem with any of their games. I think they're all fine. Especially really would not surprise me to see Siwoo Kim win this event. I mean, we know, we know the deal with Siwoo is, is very wide range of outcomes, but the guy makes birdies with the absolute best of them. But Kevin Kisner, Webb Simpson, Russell Henley, Siwoo Kim. I mean, Webb is going to be insanely popular for a $10,700 golfer. And then Siwoo Kim might be the most owned guy on DraftKings this week and that's just i mean you know there are there's obviously a little bit more of a science to it like sometimes a 25 percent on tony now can be the right play as we saw yeah. last week right doesn't doesn't matter but uh just avoiding these guys um you know just kind of in general i i don't love to go too heavily with the course fit you know people are really focusing on the shorter more accurate hitters this week and at the end of the day i mean it is still easier uh to make birdies when the ball is closer to the hole you know
8: that's that. That's a proven so uh, And we saw that last year. What, what, six guys in the playoff? You know, there was a variance up there. Kevin Kisner um, you know, eventually got it done. But, you know, good drive of the golf ball, as, as you say, David. So I'm going to take uh, the, the good, bigger guy over the good little guy, if you will. If you've got 50 yards in, that's a huge advantage. you coming from 100 yards in. Why? Because you can spin the ball, control the ball a lot more. So totally agree with that one. Uh, Sung Jae him. I'm not big on him. Shane Lowry's back in action this week. I don't think he's going to uh, run the tables. And you know, Webb Simpson, I just haven't seen enough form out of him on the PGA Tour this year. It has not looked like uh, the Webb Simpson we're used to. So, I'm going to stay away from him. I'd love to see a value play. And you look at the winners here, previous editions, you know, Jim Hermans, Brand Snedekers. We need a bolter. We need a flyer. It's the last week of the regular season. Wacky events, you know, wacky things go down here at the Wynnum Championship. We saw it from and Hadley last year. Yeah.
4: All right. So finally, it has come the time on the program. We are going to turn our attention to the English Premier League because we have some futures here for top goal scorer in the league, of course, headlined by Erling Haaland at two to at 2.5 to 1. Mo Salah, Harry Kane, Gabby Jesus, Darwin Nunez, Sun Hung Min, of course, Gabby Jesus on a new team. Uh, transferring from Manchester City to Arsenal, Darwin Nunes coming from the Portuguese top flight and now slotting in just perfectly there in the spot vacated by Sadio Mane for Liverpool, uh, and uh, you know, pretty pretty uh, interesting stuff here because I would actually say Luis Diaz would would maybe be my favorite Liverpool bet. Of course, the the problem being uh, Mohamed Salah is taking all of the penalties. For Liverpool so that uh you know if if there was a way to bet on this just open play goals no penalties I do think it would be a little bit more of an interesting market
8: yeah and and look that's a similar vote for me there Davis I'm looking at Harry Kane but I'm also looking at Min there 16 to 1 what he bagged 23 goals last campaign up there with Mo Salah I like that uh I I guess the big talk there Erling Haaland uh they're already saying hey he's not the man for the job he had one bad outing there last weekend where he didn't, you know, capitalize on a few opportunities. So interested to see uh, what what he's going to bring this season. I mean, I haven't, I don't recall a guy having so much hype coming in to a campaign. And Man City, do do they even need more hype? Do they need more star players for Pep Guardiola? That's going to be the team to beat. Very chalky in the English Premier League. And again, Cristiano Ronaldo uh, leaving the stadium there last weekend before the game had even finished. He's been announced on the bench this weekend for Manchester United. I can't imagine he's sticking around past early September. They're going to be flops again this year, Davis. We, we thought last year they were getting ready to take on Man City and Liverpool. Now look where they are. Please, it's a mess.
4: I mean, I think the only way Manchester United are able to finish top four is if, of course, I, I don't think Ron can play at all, right? And then I, I'm sort of intrigued by the idea of only playing the young guys at forwards, you know, no Cavani, no Ronaldo. You play, you play Martial, you play Alonga, you play Rashford, you play Sancho, and then uh, the the issue though for me is that you know the the way the modern game works, it's all about pressing, right? So, like when Liverpool recruit these forwards, you got to be a forward that wants to run, and I don't know how a Christian Eriksen, Bruno Fernandez, midfield works right that feels that feels a little bit tricky especially if you don't have uh you know an Angolo Conte, a world-class central defensive midfielder But Fred is all right McTominay is all right you know these are these are good but not great players and uh, I do I think it's going to be another year of Manchester remaining blue instead of red but uh, I hope that you know, as we as we go through the season, maybe we will talk about a little bit of EPL Daily Fantasy. We can update you on what's going on. There should be, I believe, the transfer window is open until the 1st of September. So maybe uh, the next time you come on, we'll know where Ronaldo is. Maybe Chelsea will have added someone. There, there's always something going on in the world of soccer. Dubs, thank you very much for joining us on the program. That was a quick look at the Wyndham Championship and some of the futures odds for the English Premier League. Craig Mish is going to rejoin me here just a few moments on the show as we are going to return to fantasy or reality don't go anywhere stay on the grid we'll be back in a few moments
2: sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com
3: Welcome back to Sports today here on Sports Grid. Are you following us on Twitter? If not, you should. Here's how you do it. Just go to our Twitter handle, at @SportsGrid, Sports Grid, at Sports Grid TV. Latest news, notes, information. Picks against the spread. The NFL preseason starts tomorrow. So naturally, our NFL coverage is going to increase dramatically here. I guess the question is, Davis, I guess we could talk a little bit about this tomorrow as well. But... is going to come up on all of our shows betting the nfl preseason (laughs) do you dare do you do you look at any of these games any of the i mean to me this is probably one of the more ridiculous uh, options to bet on i suppose maybe you feel like you can get an edge somehow but i don't know for me it's usually a pass
4: i mean you're more likely to get an edge in a preseason nfl game than you are to get an edge in an nfl regular season game right the nfl regular season game you know, uh, even even the most stingy of sports books are going to have very high limits. The, you know, uh, the world's biggest sports books are taking, you know, $25,000, 50000 100000 Aside, they're going to be the most liquid markets, whereas a preseason game, very similar to player props, right? The, the limits are very low. The lines are going to move quickly. So, you know, if there's a report, uh, for example, uh, you know, I, I, uh, the Jaguars tomorrow night are only going to have two quarterbacks and one of them is like a practice squad guy camp arm who has no chance of even making the roster now i don't even know i don't even know what the i don't even know what the actual line is but uh that would be a spot where if you got that information early or you happen to be reading the beat writer tweets you know as they were coming out probably a small edge for you there but uh i i i've not bet the hall of fame game but I would, I would set the line at me betting a preseason game at like minus 110, both sides, like definitely a chance I do it.
3: All right. Well, I probably will get involved in some way here on the show. Hard to do. That's for sure. All right, let's kick it. Time for some fantasy or reality. All right, Davis, we know that this has been done before. You don't necessarily have to win the division to win the World Series. There's a lot of history of this happening, and teams come out of nowhere. Washington Nationals a couple of years ago, who had them winning the World Series? Probably no one. Uh, uh, the uh, the Padres, Davis, no matter what they do, I, I, they're not winning the division. They're not winning the division here in 2022. 100%. There's only 60 games left. They are 12 uh, games out of the NL West. Um but how about just winning the pennant? Can they do it? Fantasy or reality. The Padres will win the pennant. They got to beat the Dodgers for sure. They're probably going to have to beat the Mets. Can they do it? Fantasy or reality.
4: Yeah, uh I got I got fantasy here. I don't I don't think that it's going to happen for them this season. Now it doesn't mean that uh that this was a bad trade or anything like that as we were talking about in the second segment today. I mean, this is a trade that sets them up to be really good for a lot right tatis signed the mega contract right he's on he's on like Mm -hmm. the crazy 13 year (laughs) deal or whatever uh machado is is locked down and and now they can kind of just and and by the way very attractive place to come as a free agent now the, the san diego padres in a way that maybe they would not have been in years past but just kind of looking at their team right now they definitely do still have a couple holes i mean probably the the largest hole would just be they've made a lot of these free agent signings at starting pitcher that have not super worked out now you darvish has mm-hmm. gotten better this season remember he started out really bad to start the year blake snell hasn't really worked out how they wanted to Manaya has been okay clevenger's been okay like they have a lot of really good maybe number two number three starters but what do we always talk about in the playoffs right it's Clayton Kershaw it's Justin Verlander it's Jacob deGrom it's it's these guys who are are 10 out of 10 the, you know the peak of their performance so I, I they're not going to win it this year but I think they could be they will be a World Series favorite amongst them for the next five years
3: yeah I think so too I think that this is fantasy they're not going to win the NL pennant. and I agree with you they're going to be dominant down the stretch but you know to me I I think that they're going to need a full year of all these guys doing it together, to be honest with you, Davis. Like this is rare where a team just grabs a bunch of mercenaries for a year or two and wins. Hater is going to add a lot, of of course, to their team. You're probably going to get shut down now in the eighth or ninth inning. Let's also not forget Joe Musgrove, Davis, just got $100 million the other day too. So uh, I I think going into next year, I'll probably be picking them, but I still think that they're a year away from making this happen. Also, we got to be clear on this, Davis. Fernando Tatis Jr. I mean, this dude does not play all year. Like, we have no idea yes. what he's going to be right. when he comes back. Next year's a different story. I mean, you could still make the case that Tatis is the best player on the Padres, even with Soto and Manny Machado. So, got to see him, too. For fantasy reality's sake, go in fantasy. I'm with you. All right. A rite of passage this time of year. August means preseason football. It means NFL training camp. It means injuries. But what it also means, Dave, it means hard knocks, too. But what it also means is it means we're going to get these random fights on the field in training camp. And by the way, fights between the same teams, usually, like, you know, two guys on the same team. Uh, fantasy, reality, you find this to be a big deal seeing these fights.
4: Uh, yeah, this is, this is a fantasy. The one, uh, the one that happened yesterday was between, uh, Brandon Ayuk and Fred Warner at the San Francisco 49ers training camp. And, uh, it was, you know, pretty much exactly what you'd expect. Ayuk was like, you know, he was making me mad. He was bothering me. And then Fred Warner was like, you know, I was using this as a motivational tool. I think Brandon Ayuk is a great player. You know, he, he kind of went a little bit wayward last off season. We need to make sure to keep him engaged. We need to make sure to keep him working hard because we think he's really good. Football is so stupid. I mean, look, I Craig, I love fantasy football, but football culture is so dumb. I mean, truly, like, football culture is just so full of, of, of just idiotic crap, and, and the fights are definitely part of it. So I don't, uh, it's just like, not, not for me, certainly, you know, these, these storylines are, are for a different generation, a different style of football fan than me. They're, they're not a big deal to me at all.
3: Yeah, so I I have some context here with this a little bit because covering the NFL on the field for, I would say, for me, probably about a decade of covering the Buccaneers and covering training camp and covering the Dolphins and covering training camp. And I would say, Davis, if I did it 10 years, and I think I did, if I did it 10 years and showed up every year, there was a fight. Every single year, there was some sort of fight on the field. Now, I live in Florida. It's a little bit different than the rest of the country. That is true. But Davis, the nature of these big 200, 300-pound guys going at it early in the morning when it is hot as you know what, this is this is what happens. It just blows over. These guys don't want to be there. after th- You don't see fights, by the way, on the first day, Davis. You see them on what? Day six, day seven, day five. Right. They are just – they've looked at each other. They're staring at each other every day. These are big dudes who want to fight. You know, They want to go at it against another team, and they don't get that opportunity. Now – What you're going to start seeing now over the next few days are the teams are going to train with other teams, too. You're going to see fights there, too. Uh, It's a physical sport, and Davis is right. This is not a big deal at all. I just wanted to give some context to that. It's about the summer. It's about the heat. It's about they're tired of looking at each other, the same guys every single day. They want to face something. Yeah, And, and that's exactly what this is. I've seen it over and over again. I've been in the locker room after this happens, and they all say this every single time. And, and I believe it in, in that case, especially in Florida, Jacksonville, Atlanta, Miami. It is so hot that these guys are outside. They just, just want to be done. All right. Uh, finally, let's get to uh, concerts. And now, look, concerts are back. And so, naturally, there's an opportunity to go see different groups play. We're seeing a lot of tours going on right now. One of the more popular tours of all time, of course, was the Grateful Dead and then, naturally, Fish is a band that a lot of people follow on tour wherever they go and and listen we're not going to say that this is something that yet that you have done davis for months at a time but maybe a couple of different legs on a tour fantasy or reality you have followed a band on tour
4: uh yeah this is a fantasy now i have seen the same artist multiple times in fact multiple artists i have seen multiple times right i've seen seen him in concert in kansas city in st louis in chicago in in a couple different places but never on the same tour i've never seen the uh the same tour well you know, actually, I think maybe one summer I accidentally maybe saw Post Malone at a show in Kansas City and then also saw him at Lollapalooza. So maybe maybe technically he was on the same tour. I'd have to go back and, and check the dates on those to see if they match up. But I have never, you know, done the uh, the Fish, the Grateful Dead experience where it's me, some buddies, and, uh, and a van, and we're, we're traveling across the, the countryside following, you know, the Grateful Dead tour bus certainly uh certainly i would not turn my nose up at this right you know if, 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 if however in my life if this opportunity opened up you know i didn't have to work for a month or i could take the time off and some buddies were available and we could go and do it totally like i would do it i i would definitely be down to do it i love live music i love concerts um i guess although you know i haven't been to haven't been to a ton i've, I've been to a couple post-covid and they're fine you know but me i mean i definitely when i was you know 20 21 22 i loved live music i loved concerts but have not done this in real life
3: yeah and in context here which is important you see the picture of guy fieri he and his son hunter have been following rage against the machine on on their tour which is kind of funny to see this um so have followed a band on tour I've seen like the same group, like I've seen Billy Joel a million times, but yeah, this is a fantasy for me. I have not like gone to back-to-back concerts. Actually, I take it back. I have seen the same group like twice in the same town, but I have not like traveled anywhere or followed anyone. But the, the one group that does come to mind to me, Davis, and again, no interest for me in particular, but I do have a lot of friends that I went to college with and even beyond that will follow Fish around. They, when fish comes they will go to several shows like the southeast or the northeast or the northwest now obviously that's a completely different dynamic anybody who follows them sort of knows it's like a different deal there but i personally am not one of those those people but i'm sure you know people who follow fish too
4: uh i actually i i, I don't know anyone who's followed fish i know i i have a buddy in dfs who has seen the, uh, they're not called the Grateful Dead anymore. De- dead and Company now because they have because oh, okay. uh, yeah. someone uh, is Jerry Garcia. One of the guys died. I, I'm not, well, not a big Garcia Grateful been dead, dead for yet. a
3: long time. Yeah, he's been so dead. so there. You go.
4: So so it's 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 Dead and Company now, and they're without Jerry Garcia. And he he's not followed them, but he's seen Dead and Company like 30 times or whatever. Right um, now, have you ever um, have you ever seen the same performer? do the same performance because this is you know you're at a concert and the, and the performers talking and they're interacting with the audience and it you know it, it's all generated to feel very organic and like you're really right. having a moment with the artist so i have seen the same guy do the same show with the same bits of phony organic dialog mm-hmm. that they're supposed to be tailored to the experience and 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 that was kind of uh you know, a wool a wool off the eyes moment where you're like, yeah, this guy doesn't care. I mean, he cares. He's having a nice time, but this is all written and and pre programmed. You know, it's somewhere else.
3: Yeah, I, the only I I can only think of seeing Billy Joel back to back nights. It's the only one that I can think that I've seen. He did like five shows, and I, and my wife went to three or something like that of the five, and I went to the first two, and and Billy Joel mixed it up it was not exactly the same it definitely was not he said some of the same things but it was definitely not fully scripted he was off saying different things about the second night or that this is what happened last night so uh, i have not had that experience but i get it all right coming up next is the sports grid 60 kevin and donnie coming up at the top of the hour and then i'm back with you at two o'clock eastern for newswire so stay on the grid as we'll be back with more right after this don't go
2: away
0: Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.
1: At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than just a car. It's the two-door coupe that was there for your first drive. The hatchback that took you cross-country and back. And the minivan that tackles the weekly carpool. For the cars you couldn't live without, trust Amica Auto Insurance. Amica. Empathy is our best policy. Pulling up to Mickey
6: D's just for drinks?
3: Welcome back to Fantasy Sports today here on Sports Grid. I'm Craig Mish along with Davis Maddock. Before we go, we like to deliver some commentary here at the end of the show. Never know what's on the mind of Davis. Let's find out. Here is today's Sports Grid Sixty.
4: Well, we did unfortunately have our, I think our first big injury domino fall yesterday with Tim Patrick tearing his ACL at Broncos training camp. And, you know, this has obviously been my experience with fantasy football for a long time is every off season, you know, it's, it's not the Tim Patrick range of guys, you know, pick 110, pick 115. Eventually there's going to be a top 40, top 30, top 20 guy who is going to get injured for multiple weeks. You know, Van Jefferson is going in for a knee surgery. But, uh, you know, I do hope, eventually at some point in my life that we we go through a full offseason of nfl training camp with no serious injuries to you know really important offensive players probably a pipe dream probably the least favorite thing about you know doing this uh, professionally is you know kind of having to readjust on the fly and have all these drafts that are are changed post facto as a result of these injuries but def- i mean definitely the least uh, enjoyable part of the fantasy football offseason no doubt
3: Yeah, for sure. Don't want injuries, for sure. Um, I'm going to end this show with Vin Scully. I'm going to end my afternoon show with Vin Scully. I mean, this was just, I mean, you kind of knew eventually that this was going to come when somebody is in their 90s. uh, You know, at at some point, you know, the day will come where we're going to lose a legend of the game. And I have so many stories to share with Vin Scully. I'll share one here. I'll share probably the same one maybe this afternoon. But at spring training games many years ago in Vero Beach, Vin Scully would show up broadcast like two games and at the end of each game he would literally come out of his booth and sign autographs and take pictures with fans for over an hour every single time that he showed up and didn't have to do it but that's just who he was uh very big loss for baseball for sure that'll do it for the show thanks to dubs for coming on our graphics department of course ltn and for my producer brett levy co-host davis maddock i'm craig mish we'll see you back here at two o'clock eastern or newswire
0: See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.
1: At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than just a house. It's your home, the place that's filled with memories. The early days of figuring it out to the later years of still figuring it out.